What if it's not too late? What if you truly can retire confidently? I'm Telton W. Hall, certified financial planner and best-selling author of The Secure Solution, creating a high-quality retirement in a low-interest rate world. My team and I have engaged in thousands of retirement planning sessions with middle and upper middle class Americans, people like you with their own unique fears and families and their own messes and their own successes. And they have done just that, retired confidently. If you're willing to go with me, I can tell you how. It's story time. Let's go. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the podcast. Thanks for joining me today. I'll tell you what's on my mind when I consider the successes and the messes of retirement. And as I meet with folks during the week, I just I get kind of excited to share their different experiences because there are so many lessons in them that I think are going to be really beneficial. Even when it's not necessarily something that we want to be going through, if their experience can help inform you, educate you, help you, then we're just delighted to share it. So here's what I'm going to do. This this episode's going to be the tell of three widows. And I try to keep these short, so I actually might break it into three episodes, but I want to share these three stories that have just barely happened. These are real life, real people. Going through the the real successes and the real difficulties of financial success and retiring confidently. And they're all doing it. They're in good, good situations. They're in good places, but they're dealing with these different aspects. So let's just jump right into it. The first client, let's call her, let's call her Karen. Karen divorced her husband. I actually don't know the details on that, maybe 15 or years ago. But when I met Karen uh, probably six or eight years ago, she had remarried a gentleman who was quite a bit older than her. They generally kept their finances separate. He already kind of had his retirement in place. Uh, We helped dial in Karen's. We did quite a bit of planning because he had elected while he was, I think he had also been uh, divorced. And so during that time when he was single is when he retired. And so all of his pension payments were, and he, and he had a, a couple of different companies that he had worked with over the years. He had elected to do, do those as single life because she, she wasn't in the picture yet. Karen wasn't in the picture. They weren't married yet. And, and so a lot of the planning that we did with Karen is knowing that, what do we want to call his name? We'll call him Dax. Dax was several years older than her, had these single life pensions in anticipation of Karen retiring. And then in all the likelihood, just from the age gap difference, as well as the statistical probability that she would live longer than him, all all of the planning was based around the concept that we need to make sure that in her retirement planning, when Dax passes away, Karen has enough continued income in that survivor scenario. And uh, just a, a year ago, she retired. We put all the pieces in place. It's all just working. It's re- working really, really, really well because of that planning that and that forethought that went into making sure that in, in case this happened, which it was probability was, was certainly in favor that, that Dax would pass away and that she would have to make sure she had enough income in the survivor scenario. All of that has come together. It's working really, really well. So here's what we ended up talking about most recently. Because of the, the divorce, Dax's kids 
were estranged from him. They really had no conversation. Two daughters, one son, both lived out of state, not close to him in varying degrees, but none of them were close to him. And as Dax's health started to fail and Karen was providing the the support and the care for him, she felt in a little bit of an awkward position, in a little bit of limbo of, you know, it's not necessarily my job to try to repair this relationship that these adult children have with their estranged father. At the same time, I'm in that just oftentimes kind of an awkward situation of being the in-law that's really like the ex-in-law come, you know, comes in after the fact that the, the new married wife-in-law, which is kind of double compounds the awkwardness of that position. And uh, what she ended up doing, what she was telling me, is she's thought that with the failing health conditions that Dax was going through, that she felt like her obligation and where she could feel some contentment and still some anxiety around it, but an anxiety level that she, that she could deal with is that she would just reach out and keep them informed. And a couple of them, well, at first, all three of them were very cold to this, which was, I think, about Karen and her situation. This is her husband that she's caring for, whose health is deteriorating, and she knows he's going to pass away, and he's got these estranged kids. And all she wants to do is just kind of reach out just to inform them of the situation, not to try to change or, you know, try, try to even repair necessarily, just so that they know the situation and to to have the response be pretty cold and non-receptive, I mean, that's, that's, that's a hard place to, to be in. She, she felt like that was manageable for her, though. And that's part of the reason that I wanted to kick off this episode of these, of these stories of these three ladies, because I've spent actually a lot of time for, I mean, you could say for better or for worse, but in my relationship with them, it's been for better. I have helped a lot of these managing matriarchs, these these women that, through the failing health of their husband and then the death of their husband, have had to step into the role of managing the family as well as the finances. There were some of them that were not involved at all and had to step into that role. Most of them were involved to some extent, but by nature of there, there being two people, the role changes when it's just you and you're in that managing role. You're now the matriarch of the family, whether you're you're young and your husband, you know, you're divorced or, or your husband passed away, or whether you are, uh, you know, uh, older in, in her case, at least she, she's retired. She's in, in that stage of, of life where she steps into this role of managing matriarch. So I've helped a lot of these women go through this just step by step. And I just, I love them deeply. And I'm so impressed by just the integrity and the character and the strength that comes from, from this segment of our society. Several years ago now, it time flies. I eight, ten years ago now, I actually spent a year and interviewed as many managing matriarchs as I could and, and actually had a set of interview questions to just to try to understand the nuances of, of what they're going through and the challenges that they face. And, and so I went through these set of questions so that then I could build basically a, a spreadsheet to try to collaborate their experience and try to, to help them in the most profound way possible because there's a lot to navigate when it comes to, to family and finances. I mean, even just like the funeral, as well as obviously just this emotional component that's, that's 
so huge that just cannot really be understated. So at any rate, based on that experience, I'm always very, very interested in, in kind of continuing that research of what are the elements, what are the pieces of advice, what are the, the thoughts, because that's really what this is all about, is how we think about certain situations that give us the result that we want. What are the thoughts that seem to be most helpful and most implementable? So here you go. This was her thought that she shared with me. I want to share it with you. And in this difficult situation where you have estranged family members, she felt a lot of comfort knowing that I'm just going to keep them informed. That's not comfortable by any means because of the coldness that that, that was met with, but it was doable for her. It was better than not sharing what was going on. She felt like that wouldn't fit with how she would feel about the situation. And it was more appropriate for her than trying to try to go out and fix the situation in some version in her head of what it should look like between parent and adult children. But an easy medium that still had some anxiety associated with it, but was doable is she said, I'm just going to keep them informed and just let them know what is going on. That way they have the information they need to make a decision. And the reason that we're bringing this up is that the son in this situation actually had, I guess you could call it a change of heart or, or, or a different of perspective. And he actually did um, circle back and actually have some communications with his father before Dax passed away. And the other two daughters did not. There's nothing, no, no contact, no response, not even a, a thank you. Uh, a lot of times all she did was just leave a, a voice message or, or send an email just to, and it took a bit of work on her end to try to track that, that information down, but then said, here's the situation. And I wanted to share this with you because as I sat there with Karen and visited with her about all the difficulties of going through this, that was a part of the conversation where you could see that she had peace. You could see that like her soul was at rest around making that effort. And I believe that she would have felt that peace even if the one son had not reconnected with his father for just a, a tiny little bit. At least she would have known that that was the appropriate approach to take, to go through a little bit of awkwardness, to share the information, and, and then let those adult children decide what they're going to do with that. So I want to share that with you. On the off chance there's anybody going through that and and just trying to, to decide how do I do that, that I want to give you some encouragement and some courage that, that that's worth it. And you, maybe you have to kind of gear up, especially if there's even, in this case, it was just coldness. There wasn't necessarily this maybe aggressive animosity. That would be even harder. But I think even in that situation, especially like with an email, to just inform those people. And so at any rate, that's what she shared with me that I wanted to share with you in those types of situations that the most peace came from committing to, to just sharing the information, keeping them informed, and allowing them to make decisions of how they, they want to act. So that is of our tell of, of three widows. That's the first tell. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to end it here and I'll jump on uh, next week and give you the second tell of, of our three widows. 
Hey folks, one last thing. If you have not checked out the Retire Confidently program recently, you really need to. We have drastically changed the cost associated with that program. So to go to teltonhall.com forward slash program and then click sign up and then put in the discount code podcast, podcast, all caps. You're going to be blown away at the price that you'll pay for what a program that could massively change your retirement outlook, your confidence towards your retirement, and make thousands, ten thousands, even hundreds of thousands of dollars of difference in your retirement. Don't miss this. Take advantage of it right now. Teltonhall.com forward slash program. Click sign up. Use the discount code PODCAST in all caps. And for the price of, I mean, the less than a pair of basketball shoes, less than a really nice dinner out, you can get access to a program where we've seriously tried to give you every tip, every trick, every piece of education, every strategy that we can to turn any angst you have about retirement into confidence towards your retirement. Check it out. Teltonhall.com forward slash program. I am super excited for you. Your future retired self is ecstatic for you.